It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you yet another episode of the podcast dedicated to the one and only Colorado Avalanche, and a big week, as if they aren't all right now, uh, has got to get some momentum going, so we're going to get into some of that stuff. <clears throat> First things first, social media, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche, and send your Gmails, or just emails. I don't know why I just always call them Gmails, because just emails in general. So send your emails to Gmail over at LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Um, all right, so I also wanted to back up a little bit and talk about... Um, that Fandom Friday show that, that I did with uh, Aaron and Music. Um, and the feedback that I'm getting so far from it has been really overwhelming. And so much so that I have pretty much the next two months, right up until the beginning of March, booked up with with guests. I don't even want to call them guests. They're fans. Uh, fan, fans of the team, fans of the show. So um, we're going to keep doing that as long as, as possible. Um yeah, people, I've reached out to some people that responded that they want to do it. I've had people emailing say they wanted to do it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like the way to get you guys on and girls because uh, I have both. I have males and females coming on. So, um, yeah, it it's just kind of uh, it's overwhelming right now, but it's kind of it's a good problem to have to kind of kind of figure out when these people are going to be on and things that we're going to talk about and everything like that. So they're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. If it's something that you want to do uh, and you follow me on Twitter, either my personal Twitter, which I don't do a ton with, um, or the show Twitter where I do much more active tweeting. Um, Like I said, LOPN underscore Avalanche. You can get a hold of me on either one of those platforms or send an email. Like I said, um, find me some way and uh, let me know you want to be in the show and we'll, we'll, set a date. Um, all right. A couple things, a lot of things to get to today, actually. So, uh, I guess we'll start with the all-star game because people are kind of ticked off about that and camel car not getting in. Um, we did our best. <laughs> I'm sure we did our best. I don't think the NHL releases the numbers of who finished where, which I kind of would like to see because I, I, I'm, I would believe that Makar would be towards the top. Um, and I think it's, just bad optics that David Perrin got got in. Um, Being a St. Louis Blues player with the All-Star game, being in St. Louis, they already have three players going in, and he gets the vote for the fourth. I'm not saying it's fixed, but I'm saying we should question it. Um, Is he having a good season? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take away from the season he's having. Uh, but 
you know, Kale McCarr's having a pretty damn good season, too. And he's a rookie. And David Perrin's in his 13th season, I want to say. So he's overachieving. And this is this is kind of why the All-Star game is kind of subjective. And who do you want to play in this? Is this a game for a guy like David Perrin who is overachieving and, and having <clears throat> the season of his career? Do you want to reward him with an with an all-star appearance? Or do you want this to be a fan game, which is what we are told all the time, that this is a game for the fans, which is why players get fined if they don't play in it, because they're there for the fans. Do the fans want do the fans really want David Perrin? Now you can say, well, they do because they voted him in. The way that these things work is, you know, and <clears throat> we're guilty of it too, because we want to see Kale McCarr, so we just vote. 10 times a day. And I'm sure St. Louis put something together just like the Avalanche put something together to vote for Kale McCarr. I'm sure they put something together to vote for for their guy. And in the end, they just had more votes. I'm not not arguing the, the system because that's a system we have. Would I change it? Yeah. But now that he's in the game, like who would you rather see in a three on three game? Which is what the All Star Game is three versus three. David Perrin or Kale McCarr? That question I don't think is really in doubt. Kale McCarr is a much more electrifying player than David Perrin is, and I think people are are giving him the nod, and they went out and voted for him. Um, and good if they if they had this guerrilla style, you know, this grassroots style of voting for him, then they achieved their goal. Um, but I just feel like you're rewarding a guy who's been in the league long enough, and has never really even sniffed the All-Star game from, I, I don't believe, I, I didn't, did really like basic research on it and was not blown away by anything that he's really done. He's been a solid player, but he's not an All-Star. Um, and we keep throwing out like, oh, well, Kale McCarr will have multiple All-Star games. Then then why do we not allow him to get in now? Because it's just his first one and he's a rookie. That's, that's a ridiculous argument. Well, David Perrin's had 13 chances, and he's never even come close. So why now do we just have to force him in the game or vote him in the game? Um, whatever. I mean, it, it, it's fan voting. I, I, I'm, I'm more upset about that aspect of it, and I'm more upset about the aspect that Kale McCart just didn't wasn't just given a spot, and we had to vote for him to get in um, because what he's doing this season – um, is is going to go down in, in record books as long as he stays healthy, obviously, and continues to do what he's doing. Um, he it, It's going to be looked back as one of the, the best rookie years in a very long time and perhaps ever. Uh, we don't know that yet because we don't have final numbers, obviously, and that's something that we were, I'm sure we'll revisit by the uh, end of the season when we have a, a look back. But <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's... I'm sure he doesn't care, and I played an interview with him, I think it was last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, where, you know, how humble he is, and he's fine. (laughs) He's not sulking. Uh, I I don't think he's anywhere near as angry as the fans are that he didn't get in. I'm sure he's going to just relax for those few days and and take the days off um, and, and just use it as relaxation time. Which in the long run is is better for the Avalanche anyway. But um, I'd like to see the numbers. I don't know if the NHL releases them just for my own sake to see how close he actually was. Uh, but 
it is what it is. We have our, our one guy going and, and the great Nathan McKinnon. Um, you know, hopefully he, he can stay healthy going into the game because I think he got hurt like the game before the All-Star game last year. Um, and he won't be just a coach. And I keep saying this. I'm really, if, if he's there and he participates in it, I am really looking forward to the speed competition with him and, and uh, Connor McDavid. So, like people are saying, McCarr will get his. And yeah, he will. I'm sure he'll play in many of these. But it would have just been nice to have that little check mark of making it his rookie season. Um, and he won't have that now. So, unless somebody gets hurt and he gets thrown in. But that is what it is. So, all right, we look back to the Penguins game. Avalanche lose that one, obviously, 4-3 to three in overtime. They do gain a point. Um, man, overtime and the Avalanche just don't go together. Last year was god-awful. Um, this year's... They haven't gone into overtime too too many times this year. Twice the past few games. Uh, one was the shootout that they lost, and then they lost this one um, in the overtime session. But for some reason, this team with all its talent and, you know, all its uh, open ice talent just can't seem to come through in the the three-on-three overtime for whatever reason. Um, Nathan McKinnon with another goal. Landeskog with a very odd-looking goal that you don't really see too much. Kind of just chipped it up in the air and bounced right in front of um, Pittsburgh goalie and just kind of just redirected itself and just a fluke goal that they got. Um, but once again, the avalanche can't hold things together in the third. Um, and this is something that we're going to get into a little bit later, just all the issues that they seem to be having or some of the issues that they seem to be having. And that is obviously one of them. Um, give up the lead and then, but you have to give them credit for tying it. Um, it was a good game. They they didn't they didn't play awful. They haven't been playing awful. They're just on the losing end of these games, and it's a lot of it is a third period. Um, they're they're in almost every single game, and then just something happens. They just have this. I think it's a Pink Floyd album, momentary lapse of reason, and that kills them. But they fought back in this one. Kale McCarr, you thought he was you know he ripped a slap shot from the blue line. On replay, Calvert had knocked it in. Doesn't matter. It was in the last minute of the third period. They tied it, and that's what you want. Like, you're you're at home. When that happens, obviously the crowd is just massively into it. Uh, I was a little upset that there were so many Pittsburgh Penguin fans in the, in the arena that night. Uh, but Pittsburgh fans, no matter what sport, maybe with the exception of baseball, uh, they travel well. Pittsburgh Steelers fans travel very well. And Pittsburgh Penguin fans, they travel well too. So, um, but obviously, you know, I'd, I'd say it was probably about 75 25 just from watching on television. 75%, 25% abs for the Penguin fans. But the Penguins fans were loud <laughs> when Pittsburgh uh, took the lead. It sounded somewhat like a home game. They were so loud for them. Um, but yeah, that's what you want. You want a, a goal in the last minute. You fought back, you go into overtime, you're on home ice. Everything's looking up for you. And it was kind of a a non too exciting overtime game. And usually those overtimes are, are up and down and it didn't really seem to go that way. Both teams were kind of just picking their spots when to attack avalanche had a, had one where, uh, 
I can't remember who it was on Pittsburgh, kind of just fell down, and it was uh, I'm pretty sure it was Burkowski just kind of lost the handle on the on the puck, and they had a, they had an opportunity or two, and they didn't come through on theirs, but Pittsburgh came through on theirs, and they got the extra point. So um, just another loss that just seems to be this time of the year for the Avs when they want to, I guess, just take a nosedive. And they're not, I mean, they're not in free fall right now, but a lot of people aren't happy with the way they're playing, including me. So uh, I don't want to be crawling into this All-Star game like we, we were last year. I, you know, you have <clears throat> all these games leading up to the All-Star game are at home. You had five in a row at home. Okay, you lost the first one. If you can win the next four, go four and one on the homestand, I think we would be happy with that. It's going to be tough. They have Dallas coming up Tuesday. St. Louis is in that mix. Uh, but then you have um, San Jose and Detroit as well. <clears throat> so a couple tough games. I don't want to say a couple easy games because no game is really easy, but teams that you should beat, I'll say that. So <clears throat> if they can come away with a four-game winning streak leading up to the All-Star game, I think we would all be happy with that. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass., I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads. But recently, I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy-feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy-feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy-feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now. But the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone. So, um, yeah, big game Tuesday against Dallas. Uh, we'll preview that game tomorrow. Um, I don't think Dallas played tonight. I'm going to double check that really quick. No, they didn't. So, right now in the standings, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Avalanche looking at 55 points and Dallas looking at 56 points. So, and they both have 45 games played. So, no game in hand for any, either of those teams. Um, yeah, Colorado is is in need of, of a, a, a regulation win. You know, they can have this thing go to overtime, get the extra point. Yeah, that would be all fine and well. Then you'd be 
tied. Um, but they, they need a regulation win. They got to jump Dallas in the in the standings. Because um, Dallas is playing well. Dallas has come back. Uh, and, and they've given Colorado fits this year. So this is not going to be an easy game. So we'll see. We'll kind of get into that a little bit more tomorrow. So as of for right now, because Colorado is going through this kind of funk, <clears throat> and it is a long season, and you are going to have ups and downs. You are going to have... Uh, periods where you're on a roll, you're going to have periods where you're not. Right now, they are not. That is no surprise. But when things get like this, uh, the fan base tends to overreact just a touch and want to fire sale everybody and get rid of everybody and bring in brand new players and bring in even a new coach. Uh, like that will somehow, in the middle of a season, miraculously solve everything. Uh, these guys are used to a style of play. They're used to each other. Uh, you're at, you know, 45 games in, and for a lot of guys, you know, multiple seasons in of uh, playing with each other, you you know each other's how, how they're going to move, where they're going to be, and that won't go away. But you don't blow things up and bring in new blood uh, just because you're going through a rough patch. And you definitely don't bring in a new coach. Jared Bednar is not going anywhere, everybody. So let's cool it with the fire Jared Bednar. Uh, he's a different style of coach. I will grant you that. I, I love his style. Um, he even said, like, I don't put numbers on things as terms of who's for goalies, like who's one and who's two, even for lines, He, he you know, in the – when you, when you have to release your, your lines, you have to put them out there. But he doesn't look at it that way. Um, and that's a different kind of mentality. He, and he does that because he knows he can plug in somebody anywhere. Just look what he did with Miko Rantanen. He put him on the third line um, a couple weeks ago, and it worked like a charm. So they're not always going to be home runs, but he's a great coach, all right? And, and if things aren't going wrong... You don't just get rid of him. <clears throat> you give him time to adjust because that's his job. His job is not just to be a figurehead and stand behind the bench and, you know, shout out orders. It's to figure out when things are going wrong to make adjustments. That's what good coaches do, and that's what he does. Now, as far as the players go, <clears throat> it goes for the same thing for them. You're not going to bring new people in because it's going to take you the rest of the season to get on the same page as them and – you can forget about it. You don't do that now. Are the abs going to make some moves? Yes, they are. We will talk, I'm sure, so many times before February 24th when the trade deadline comes in on what they can do, what they should do, who they should give up, who they should keep. We'll get into all of that stuff. We have time for that. We have uh, a, a month and, what, two weeks. Um, they will bring some people in, but... It, it's it's not going to be just this massive overhaul of a roster. Nobody does that during the season. Um, maybe if you're the Miami Dolphins, you do that. But most teams, especially a team that has 55 points and is in a playoff spot, obviously things had gone right at some point during the season for the majority of the season to have 55 points and be in a playoff spot and a, a pretty good position for a playoff spot. Uh, I should say a pretty good position to keep that playoff spot. 
for the rest of the season. So so things were going just swimmingly, and why all of a sudden do you think that that cannot happen again? Of course it can happen again. Um, the goalie situation, I'm not as up in arms as people, other people are about bringing in goalies. Why am I hearing Carey Price coming in? Yeah, I was joking around um, <clears throat> when I was on the Rangers, when we, we did the Rangers thing about bringing in uh, Henrik Lundqvist, I mean, that was more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. It was just about, oh, bring him in, so he, this is the best opportunity to to win a, a Stanley Cup. That's not happening. Um, Carey Price most likely won't come here. His contract is god-awful. Colorado will not take on that contract. Um, and, and on top of it, the two guys that they have are more than capable to play the part. They just need to play better. And you need to give them the opportunity to practice, figure out the kinks, and come back strong, just like Grubauer did at the end of last year. This is this is no different. Like, has does he have a, a big sample size of of him being like this number one starter? No, he doesn't. He needs to prove that. I I am right now. I'm leaning Francois. I think he should be the one getting more starts than Grubauer. You don't just bench Grubauer. I think he should be getting more starts than Grubauer. And just, I mean, everyone's kind of up in arms about the last game against Pittsburgh. He didn't play that poorly against Pittsburgh. He let a couple goals in five-hole, which you don't want to see. Uh, but the Islander game was a one nothing game. And the Avs had a goal taken away, which was kind of called into question on and offsides. Uh, but it was one nothing. You can't get mad at him for that. They're the highest-scoring team in the league, and they got shut out. Um, and then the Pittsburgh game, I thought he played well but like everything's going on is in the third period they just couldn't hang on to it um aside from the goalies uh who i think are like i said just fine i i don't have much concern about the goalies i i, I want to give them more of an opportunity than just this past two or three weeks to say like oh they can't handle the the the, the work the workload I feel like they can. This this needs to play out longer than what it has to make knee-jerk reactions. Um, the power play has been brutal. And that's another thing I can't figure out. The three-on-three in overtime doesn't make sense. Um, the power play has been just non-existent and totally ineffective. Um, and even the penalty kill has been pretty poor, too. And they're letting in goals very early in the power play. I don't know. I think this is something that they work on more than anything else in practice. And for whatever reason, just doesn't translate into game points and game goals. So those are things that they have to to figure out. Power play, penalty kill needs to improve. Obviously, goaltending needs to to get better, get get more solid. Um, And third period. I know that's, you know, that's four things. I mean, if you want to lump power play in, Penalty kill into one, we'll say three. Three things that they got to work on. And that's not asking too much. This isn't like a massive overhaul from top to bottom. Uh, I think it, it's, it's completely doable. So uh, we don't need to trade everyone away. We still have a pretty good team. We will make some trades. Um, but this is not throw the towel in, give up on the season type of mentality that I just don't understand is kind of going around. Yeah, when when your team's losing and you go through a losing skid, you're not going to feel good about it, and they don't feel good about it. Listen to that clip that I played uh, with with Landeskog. 
he, he's pissed, and he's the captain, so he's going to rally people together. Nathan McKinnon is going to take over games. He's been taking over games, but he can't be the only one. Uh, I, I, it's just it's it's a full team effort when they win and when they lose. So I you know like I say all the time, I'm not not just trying to make this into a positive type of show. If they if I really felt like the season was over, uh, yeah, I would say it. But I don't feel like that at all. We still got a long way to go, um, and they're in a good spot. So there is. My finger is not even anywhere near the panic button. I haven't even lifted the glass case to take out the panic button. We're okay. All right, one more thing to get to before we call it a day, and that is the three stars of the week, not named Nathan. We hadn't done this last week, Um, and I figured we had to uh, get back on track with that. So uh, my three stars, not named Nathan, uh, third star is going to go to JT Confer. Um, and he, I don't think he's been on my list at all this year, but he, I feel like he, he's, he's playing harder. He's playing smarter. Um, two goals in the game against the Rangers, which they lost. Uh, but he, he's noticeable on the ice, which I like cause he's kind of been a ghost for stretches, uh, at a time. But um, I think the Ranger game hopefully will kind of be maybe a, a jumping off point for him uh, where he'll kind of get going. And I don't think he scored in the Pittsburgh game. Let me just double check really quick. Uh, I don't believe it. No, he didn't. But um, played well, though. So second star is going to Sam Gerrard. Three more assists last week, and the man is an assist machine. Uh, still just one goal on the season, but uh, I think he's, what, he has like 24 assists or something right now. Like, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to check. Uh, yeah, 24. So he has 25 points in total, 24 assists, one goal. Starting to play, again, another guy that's starting to play a lot better um, offensively. I don't have any problems with his defense. As undersized as he is, he's a very good defenseman. He kind of gets under your skin, and he positions himself well because he knows he's undersized. And if he doesn't have position, he's got nothing. Um, And then offensively, he's starting to pick it up a little bit more, getting more involved in the offense. I think they've even brought him in on the top line for power plays, which I say you know is not doing that well, but that's kind of relatively new, so maybe give that some time. But... uh, yeah, two guys that I think are, are hopefully turning a corner on the season. And my number one star did not register a single point all week, mainly because he was spending most of the time on the penalty box. Uh, but you have to give it to Nazem Kadri. And like I say, I don't go off just got just it's not just a points thing. Uh, defending his teammate um, and Jonas Donskoy the way he did. Uh, will probably at the end of the year be a top 10 moment for me. And it still baffles my mind that Lindgren was not suspended, fined, no penalty, no nothing at all. Like if you don't, if you don't want to call a penalty because it happened so fast and you didn't really see where he made contact. Okay. But after the fact, when you review that play and there's still nothing mind boggling to me, um, so the fact that Kadri took it in his own hands makes it even all the more important that he did it right then and there and didn't say, well, he didn't see it from afar and say, like, oh, well, he'll get suspended for that. 
Um, no, he went all out, gangbusters. I don't care. Even if they do suspend him, uh, you don't do that to my teammate. And thank God he did because we got some justice in in the in the scrum. Um, yeah, so it's looking like a good signing so far, isn't it? I mean, I think he had 17 penalty minutes all because of that in that game. So almost a pen, uh, period's worth of penalty minutes, but in my opinion, well worth it. Um, so hats off to you, Nazem Kadri. Uh, and he seems like a pretty darn good signing up to this point. I think they all, all the, all the guys that the avalanche have signed in the off season are really paying off right now. Even Burkowski is getting, you know, he obviously started hot, kind of had a little bit tailing off, had a couple assists, I think in the Pittsburgh game. So, uh, I just wish he could have held on to that puck in the overtime. So what are you going to do? So that's going to be it for now, guys. Tomorrow, obviously, we'll preview the uh, Dallas Stars game. If we have any information on Don Skoy, we haven't got anything over the weekend. Um, and it just scares me. It just scares me that he might be out for a little while. So if there's any information on that, uh, we'll bring that to you. And these jerseys for this stadium series have got to be coming out soon. This game is just it's a month away right around a month away and the all-star jerseys came out before this and i know i think i said this before i think the last stadium series game against detroit those stadium series jerseys were released in november i think it was before thanksgiving and that game was later in february this one is earlier in february and we got maybe we got a maybe on some leaked footage, uh, leaked pictures. So I don't know if they were getting backlash and they're scrambling to redo it. it might look that way. I don't know. But the the all-star jerseys came out, which are kind of cool. Simple, but they're cool. Um, and we don't have stadium series jerseys. Maybe those come out tomorrow. Maybe we're just waiting for the weekend to be over. If they come out, we'll talk about them and we'll rank them. We'll rate them, whatever you want to do. But I know we'll buy them no matter what they look like. So... All right, guys, that will be it for today. Uh, enjoy your Monday. We'll see you Tuesday. Big game against Dallas. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.